Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. What up, Tiger Bombers? Let's continue the process. It's your boy, Ralph Lark, and I am pumped to talk about some Week 6 NFL action with you. For those of you that may be new, this is The Process, and we will make sure that you are ready to roll for this week's action. That's why we're here. No matter whether you're looking for seasonal help or DFS help, we got it covered. Hey, before we really get going, do yourself a favor. You'd hate to miss out on any episodes of the process, so just hit the like or subscribe button in whatever app you're listening on. This way, you don't miss any new episodes. If you're listening on our website, www.tigerbombsae.com, thank you. You all can visit the website, in case you didn't know, and click on the process header as you scroll down, or you can click the process from a drop-down menu if you're on a mobile device. Each week, we post player rankings and game predictions, so if you haven't had the chance, be sure to check it out at TigerBombSAE.com. If tweeting is your thing, hit us up. The process is on Twitter, at TheProcessTBSAE. Hands down, guys, tweeting is the easiest way to get a quick question answered uh, that you didn't hear addressed on the podcast. Okay, so we've got a ton for you today. We've got some serious housekeeping to do this week, y'all. And what's that? You'd like to play another round of Would You Rather? Okay, well, we got you covered. We didn't really review anything unless we reload. So yes, you guessed it. We're going to reload week six. Are you struggling to make a dent in the winnings category for DFS? Well, you're in the right place. I've got picks for this Sunday's main slate that will definitely separate you from the pack. I told y'all we got a ton for you this week. Let's start, though, with a quick recap of the NFL action that kicked off this week, Thursday night. Thursday night football. Well, the end of the road is a soulful R&B classic by some smooth brothers known as Boys to Men. But the end of the road is also where Eli Manning finds himself these days. Oh, my dumb face, Eli. Thursday night's matchup was an important one in the NFC East as both teams were in desperate need of a win. The Eagles look like they still have a Super Bowl hangover. And they've just been decimated by injuries. First Wentz, then Jeffrey, then Ajayi, and so on. The Eagles not been able to kick it into high gear, so to speak. So they were really looking forward to getting on track Thursday. On the other side of things, the Giants have been a mess too. And it all starts with Eli. Manning seems uh, to even be frustrating his coaching staff, which was visible Thursday night as Pat Shermer and crew just waited and waited for Eli to unload the football. This was all off the heels of Odell Beckham Jr.'s super weird buddy interview with Lil Wayne. All of that is so bizarre to be saying, but hey, the truth, what are you going to do? Anyway, Cash M.O.B.J. seemed to be trying to light a fire under the 37-year-old Manning going into Thursday's critical divisional matchup. The only fire that got lit Thursday night was the one in the dumpster of the Giants' season. The G-Men were just terrible in their 34-13 beatdown at home. The Eagles secondary played well in coverage, and the passing game led the way for the Eagles with Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clemens combining for a pedestrian 3.2 yards per carry. 
Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and Zach Ertz were all effective. Aguilar is like the redheaded stepchild of the bunch. He never gets love, but he's pretty consistent, and he does see an uptick when Jeffrey is out, which is quite often, honestly. Wentz looks to still be coming in the form. He was the beneficiary of a get-out-of-jail card or two, which enabled him to finish tonight with three touchdowns and no interceptions on 271 yards passing. His 122.2 passer rating sounds better than it looked, but still, Wentz and the Eagles took a step forward. I'll tell you who else took a step forward. Saquon Barkley, actually, he took a lot of steps forward Thursday night, toting the rock 13 times for 130 yards and a touchdown. The Giants rookie stud also caught nine passes for 99 yards. He really is something to behold. And if you're a Barkley owner like I am, all this mess with Eli is just fine. He wants to keep checking down, we'll take it. Outside of that though, I couldn't point out anything else too positive for the Giants. They did have Olivier Vernon uh, return on defense and he looked pretty good. But other than that, this was not one this team wants to remember. The Giants are going to have to find a way to get more competitive real quick or else they're going to be staring up from the basement of the NFC East for the rest of the year. Housekeeping. Me fluff pillow? Me fix your team? Alright, time to tidy up you dirty bums. Get your stuff together. It's time to do a little housekeeping, bro. More than a quarter of the season is in the books. So we know a lot about these teams at this point. Now that said, there's a lot of season left, okay? Um, If you're in the middle of the pack or on the lower end or have several losses already, I'm going to tell you like Aaron Rodgers would say, R-E-L-A-X, relax. Nothing has been decided yet, Tiger Bombers, and there's still a ton of football left to play. See, this is what the process is all about. We don't got no quitters over here. Oh, no. We ride or die with our fantasy teams. We see it through to the end. Our league is never worrying about whether we'll set our lineups or not because of our record. No, we're showing up, Tiger Bombers, and they know it. So right now, I'm just going to remind everyone of where the reality of the situation lies. It's all about those points, y'all. Who cares if you're in fifth or sixth, uh, but you have the most points? Don't worry. Your team keeps putting up the points. The wins will come. If you're at the bottom of the rankings and bottom of the points scored, yeah, it's your time. You got to do something right now. Consider some drastic trades that may deplete your strength, but overall even out your deficiencies and then look to the wire to further solidify your new look squad. So don't sit on your butt and accept, you know, six, seven, eight weeks of getting your teeth kicked in. And if this is you, please. Please don't forget what we talked about earlier in the year. Minimize your opponent's ability to inflict damage by using his weapons when you can. So if you have to play Andrew Luck this week and you find yourself trading away some serious receiver value to even out your running backs or whatever, 
why not pick up Chester Rogers? Maybe your team is really hurting. Is Ryan Grant also available? As long as you're playing Aaron, uh, Andrew Luck, excuse me, there is one way to comp- you know to stay competitive for this one week by streaming guys that would be available, but that also attach you to your opponent if he's starting Andrew Luck. Trust me on this one, Tiger Bombers. You got to do something to keep yourselves in the game. Don't just give up. Next, we need to do some housekeeping in the New England backfield. Ugh, I hate having to do this every week. Which one, White or Michelle? I will say I like Sony Michelle a little more than James White this week. Um, but overall, I think they both can be fairly effective again this week. I don't know if this continues once the usage of uh, Gronk has an uptick, which it will. Not to mention mixing in Josh Gordon into things. So for one more week, both are fine. But I'm gonna want this head. I'm not gonna want this headache moving forward. And I would definitely sell high here if I did have a guy like Sony Michelle. I probably hold on to James White due to the pass catching value. Um, but I, I would probably sell on Sony Michelle if I could find a buyer high. Okay, next let's talk to these David Johnson owners. Let's talk these guys off the ledge. Guys, chill. Your guy is slowly getting going, but I promise you there are good things in store. It's evident now that, you know, they're not going to use him in the way that we know they should by throwing him the football, but it's still okay. David Johnson is a prolific player, and it seems like little by little he's becoming more effective each week. I think that the trend continues this week, so hold on, David Johnson owners. All right, next little piece of housekeeping. Trades. Mm. We have to go back to trades for some reason. We still have people who put up trades that suggests that they think they are openly way more intelligent than the other person they've offered the trade to, as well as the rest of the league. Everyone, let's weed these people out, okay? Let's just flat out deny these trades faster than they can even take their grubby little fingers off the send button, all right? But it doesn't have to end there. Make a counter offer and keep the conversation going. Likely, if you're one of the people struggling at this point, you need to offer attractive trades if you want anyone to quote-unquote help you out. Show them you're willing to quote-unquote do business, as it were, and you just may be able to pull off, you know, two or three of these trades to get your team back on track. But nobody's going to help you if you're trying to take advantage, you know? And finally, let's do a little DFS housekeeping. We need to remember to stick to our game plan, people. Don't forget the ratio of 70% cash in 50-50 games versus 30% GPPs. Stop with the grandeurs of illusion, okay? It's a pipe dream, but you need to keep stacking cash game wins to support taking that shot each week. Why pay out of your own pocket to do this? You should take your shot using winnings right? DFS is not a get-rich-quick scheme, and I promise that as long as you look at it this way, you're just going to end up frustrated and low-yielding each Sunday. With these cash games, don't worry about ownership. Literally, play all the guys that you think are the best plays from the week, period. As far as those GPPs go, 
look at some of the winning lineups on Sunday, right? Like if you, you're in a contest, you, you could, you know, it takes you up to the top, you scroll up to the top, see who's in first place. Look at some of these winning lineups, all right? How random do they look? Think about how many lineups you would have had to make to get to that point. GPPs are such a fun chase, don't get me wrong. But you gotta know what you're in for. You have to have a rational level of expectation if you wanna play these contests. And stick with your guts, Tiger Bombers. Don't change lineups. Too often, we burn ourselves by subbing out the wrong player after getting more analysis, right? And if you feel that strong about the new player in question, make another lineup. You'll be kicking yourself when the guys you originally had in there go off. So there you go, Tiger Bombers. Now go get those fantasy football houses in order. Let's play a round of Would You Rather. Yes. All right. Now, next up, a lot of people's favorite. Welcome to another round of Would You Rather on the process. Here are some interesting situations that I've seen come up this week. First up, guys, Andrew Luck at the Jets or Andy Dalton versus the Steelers. And I love this one. This is why I'm starting with this one, because it's it's uh, a tough question for a lot of people, but for me as well, because I own both of these quarterbacks. If you recall from a few weeks ago, I pulled off that trade uh, Fitzpatrick for Dalton uh, heading into the matchup with the Bears off of the heels of the Tampa Bay uh, loss at Pittsburgh, where he you know put up big numbers. Um, listen, I made the best of that and Dalton is great and he's got great matchups coming up down the line but Andrew Luck was written off by a lot of people he's put up some pretty good numbers um you know the Patriots are a tough team to play he put up great numbers there he's been able to find his stride he's a masterful quarterback he's got a lot of touch on the ball he's dropping it in there if you guys have watched those games he's finding these guys on the button so you know, maybe it's taking a little longer for that arm strength to progress back, but I'm not so worried about him like I was before. And I think that he actually has the, the propensity to finish this year uh, a little bit higher uh, of a QB than Andy Dalton when it's all said and done. So, you know, last week it was a great call uh, from one of my uh, seasonal long teams to go with luck over Dalton. He, you know, far and away outproduced him. And I'm going to do it again this week. So I'm going to say Andrew Luck, but a very good question there. All right, moving on to our next one. I'm going to, uh, the next uh, question we have is uh, Allen Robinson at the Dolphins or Deshaun Jackson at the Falcons. This is another uh, interesting little conundrum here. And I'm going to go with Deshaun Jackson because the Dolphins have a much better defense than most people anticipate. Robinson has struggled, you know, to start the year so far anyway. Um, I don't know, you know, if the Bears aren't that great at offense, what they're going to do to be able to overcome this highly rated uh, Miami Dolphin passing defense. So he's going to struggle, whereas the Falcons are not rated very highly in the pass defense uh, category. And I do think that there's going to be a plethora of options for Jameis Winston, who, as we'll talk about later, is kind of a DraftKings um, popular chalk choice this week. 
But I like Deshaun Jackson, so I'm going to go with him here. And not by a little bit. All right, next up, we have Jordan Howard at the Miami Dolphins or Carlos Hyde versus the Chargers. I love this because a lot of people are on this Browns bandwagon for whatever reason. We, you know, people... Like, I don't know if, if people think the Chargers aren't a great team or if they don't recognize that they're getting healthier on defense. I don't know what it is, but, you know, people are giving this one to the Browns. I think it's on them. They, you know, came into this contest as underdogs and now they're favorites. I know they're at home, but I think they're being a little overrated this week. Jordan Howard um, in the Dolphins, we just talked about, you know, how tough they are against the pass. The Bears will have no choice but to get the run going. I will explain later that I like Tariq Cohen for a lot of reasons, but in terms of Hyde or Howard, I'm going to give the edge to Howard by just a little bit. We know that the Browns are a solid run team and they want to do that, and that establishes a lot of what they do, but the Chargers are getting healthier on defense, and it's going to be a little bit tougher sledding for them than than, uh, most people believe Jordan Howard for me. All right, our next would you rather is Robert Woods at the Broncos or Jarvis Landry versus the Chargers. You know, the Chargers have struggled more on the outside, and we'll talk about that later uh, with their corners against receivers versus the slot where Jarvis Landry lines up. That's where they're going to be a little stouter, I guess, but it's not saying much because they have, they've been kind of a pushover as a team. But Robert Woods I prefer against the Broncos, especially if you know, Cup's dealing with the concussion. We also have um, Brandon Cooks is dealing with the concussion protocol, I think, too. So one or both of these guys may miss. They both may play. I don't know. But, you know, if one of them misses, certainly Robert Woods. If both of them misses, for sure, Robert Woods. I just like his chances um, as a healthy receiver in that offense more this week. The Broncos are not to be feared like the team everybody thinks they used to be. So Robert Woods. All right, next up. We have Lamar Miller versus the Bills or Naheem Hines at the Jets. And this is an interesting one because people will say, oh, Marlon Mack is back. And you're right. He's going to get the majority of the reps. But look, the Colts are hurting at uh, wide receiver. And I, I really like the idea of Naheem Hines in the slot. They use him this way against the Patriots when, you know, they had Hilton go down. They they are still hurting in that position. So they've had success there before. I think this is a weaker defense. I don't know why they wouldn't try it again. I really like what he can do being out there, even if Mac is the back. So I'm really interested in him this week. Um, Lamar Miller, I got to see it, I guess. I just, oh, it's a, it's a nice cushy matchup for him, but they haven't been able to establish it. I'm, and we see that Watson is more than happy to throw it down the field and they're happy to let him I'm just gonna lean towards Naheem Hines surprisingly in this one but that's what we're all about is making some harder judgment calls for you I don't care about being in the middle or care about swaying your opinion or making myself you know sound like I'm right more often than not I will make hard lines and I will make choices and I'll live by those and then we'll recap them on the rewind and I'll have my come to Jesus moment All right, next up on the Would You Rather is Zeke Elliott versus the Jaguars or James Conner at the Bengals. And I'm going to take another stand here. Surprisingly, I'm going to go with Zeke Elliott. We all know what the Jaguars do. We all know they're tough on defense. But look, the Cowboys don't have anything. They cannot pass the football. They're not going to be able to do anything against this Jaguars swarming secondary. They're in trouble there. They have no choice but to run the football. Believe it or not, I think... 
the only option they have is to directly run right at the Jaguars. That's their best chance with Zeke Elliott. He's a good between-the-tackles runner. I think he's going to have a little more success than most people think. We did see Saquon Barkley rip off that big run and able to salvage himself a double-digit day against this team. Connor's going up against a stout Bengals defense. That front four has been really good. They're ranked fourth against the rush. I don't know necessarily how good of a day he's going to have, so I'm actually going to take Zeke Elliott in this one. All right, next up we have Antonio Brown at the Bengals or Julio Jones versus the Buccaneers. And everybody's on Julio this week, right? But, you know, I I think Julio, I'm not saying he can't be productive this week, but I like Antonio Brown. This Bengals game will shoot out too. Um, If, you know, Big Ben is, you know, plays a little bit worse on the road, but the place where he has played decently on the road is, you know, Cincinnati. If he has any chance of doing that, he's going to have to hook up with Antonio Brown. I think, like I said, because Connor struggles on the ground, they're going to have to pass the ball. They're going to have to force the issue. And I'm actually going to take Antonio Brown here over Julio Jones. I'm not saying Julio is going to have a terrible day. But again, the question is, would you rather? And if I only have one slot and you're making me pick between the two, I'm going to roll with Antonio Brown this week. That's a tough call. All right, next up for Would You Rather, we have Calvin Ridley versus the Buccaneers or Will Fuller versus the Bills. Guys, I really like what Ridley's doing this year. I'm happy to eat crow in the, in the way of not recognizing him and then not giving enough credence to it early on. I can, I can recognize that, but he's okay. I like Calvin Ridley, and you'll see I'll recommend him this week for DK purposes, but I'm going to stick with Will Fuller. There's something electric with him every time he's out there with uh, Deshaun Watson. I know people are on the Kiki Kuti, but that's not going to last. He emerged because of the end, you know, the injury to Will Fuller. You know, I do think that things are going to be a little bit tougher for DeAndre Hopkins. Not saying that he can't be productive, and we'll get into the specifics of his matchup later. But suffice it to say that Will Fuller will benefit from Hopkins getting the tougher coverage, and I like his chances there, um, even though I don't think Ridley has a poor game either. I'll stick with Fuller. Okay, guys, and then for Would You Rather, we also have Kareem Hunt at the Patriots or Joe Mixon versus the Steelers. This is a tough one, too, and, you know, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt because the Steelers, I think, will try to make a concerted effort to stop Joe Mixon. Um I, Mixon is an, an electric guy, and it's going to be tough. He's going to fight for him. I think they're going to give him the reps. So what's up in the air is what will he do with those reps, and it depends on how many people the Steelers put in the box. But I do like Kareem Hunt because I I think the propensity for points in this Patriots and Chiefs game is high. I think it's going to be an awesome contest. I love the old versus the new with Brady versus Mahomes. And what's going to happen is I think that – You know, Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to have to try to keep up. And I believe that they're going to have to use passes to Kareem Hunt to do it. That's how they get him going. I don't think it's so much, you know, they're lining it up and conventionally running it. No, he's going to get looks out of the shotgun uh, because, you know, the Patriots are minding the pass more. And he's going to get looks out of that play action, I think. Um, So I do like Kareem Hunt this week. And... um, Finally, for Would You Rather, another interesting one we have in the same contest, uh, Would You Rather Have Dalvin Cook versus the Cardinals or David Johnson at the Vikings? 
We talked about how David Johnson is coming on, guys. Um, but the other side of the coin, you have Dalvin Cook against, you know, the worst ranked defense against the run, the Cardinals. So, look, this one I'm going to do for Dalvin Cook owners. I'm going to say let's go with Dalvin Cook because we can't baby this guy forever. This team needs a running game. They haven't been able to do anything on the ground, okay? They don't have a running game right now. This is the easiest matchup. This is the easiest way to be productive and to be fruitful and to ease your way back in. You can't capitalize here. There's serious questions going on there. David Johnson is coming back and he's coming on. And like we say, little by little. And I do think that he will get double digits this week against the Vikings. But in terms of who would I rather have this week, I'm going to roll with Cook. I'm going to roll with Cook and give it to him and I know usually we want to say you know show it to me first and things like that but this matchup in my opinion is too sweet to pass up they say he's healthy if he's out there roll with them um, but again I wouldn't be surprised if at the last minute they scratch him if he plays let's roll with Cook though and that's it guys that's what we had for our week six of would you rather Now it's time for the process to reload. Okay, let's reload this thing, y'all. First up, we got the Bucks at the Falcons. And this game is expected to be a shootout. Um, and I agree with that. I think there's a, there's a whole propensity for points here. And... Look, the one thing I'll say about this game, and because when I get to the DFX, DFS section, you guys know that I just dwindle it down at the end of the show to just my picks. So let me give you a lot of the rationale here. Yes, for you know seasonal purposes, go ahead and plug in the pieces that you have to this game. But for daily fantasy purposes, guys, everybody's going to be on this game and it's chalk. And I'm not saying that you want to get off it. We just said it's good. So what you want to do is look for the least chalkier pieces, right? So... You know your Julios are going to be over-owned. You know things like that, right? So you want to pivot to some of these lesser-owned guys. That's why we like Calvin Ridley, for example. Muhammad Sanu is a great pick in this game, you know? These are the, the reasons why we like some of these guys. Just a little bit of, like, DFS reasoning for you when we think about this stuff, right? Like, if there's going to be all this production, right? Like, let's take away the guy that we think that everybody's going to be on. And who else, right? Who else? This is how you win it, right? So anyway, um, with regard to this game, this is why we like Jameis Winston. Everybody's going to be on Matt Ryan, but the prevailing thought in DFS for some people is you could pivot to Winston, right? But I really like Ryan a lot more. Um, and it's because Tampa Bay, you know, everybody knows the stats. They're just last in yards per attempt allowed. They're last in defensive DVOA. That's just a defensive metric that is most highly toted by most you know, industry people and professionals and coaches. Um, they're not good is what all that means, right? So... Matt Ryan should have a great day against them in the air. You know, they, the Falcons have a banged up Devonta Freeman. So, you know, the Bucks are more stout against the run. You just don't butt it. You know, you don't go against their strong suit with a weaker point for you if you don't have to. I'm not saying Tevin Coleman is weak, but, you know, it just makes more sense to attack in the air where you, you're guaranteed to just run it up, right? If anything, if Coleman gets his, it's because they, you know, are ahead and they're running it out in the end but again we like Winston and Ryan talked about why we like Ryan uh we like Calvin Ridley you know his catch rate is 73.1 percent which is awesome and 
His passer rating to quarter to the quarterback when targeted is 151. That's near perfect. He has six touchdowns on the year. Like I said, sorry I undervalued him for so long, but I like him again this week. I know a lot of attention is going to be on Julio. Pivot back to Ridley. Pivot back to Ridley. You know, I like that. That being said, Julio, I, I like him still this week. I don't think he's a bad pick. Um, you can pick Julio. Brent Grimes, if he's going to be matched up against Julio, this is why I understand, right? Like, Brent Grimes has a lot of perfect passer rating so far against him this season by opposing quarterbacks, 158.3. He's having an awful year, right? So, you know, just to give you a little bit of the reasoning why people are so high on this, right? Um, we also like Austin Hooper. The Bucks are terrible against the tight end. We've seen that. You've seen them on you know, you know, uh, nationally televised games given up to players like Vance McDonald. So, you know, Austin Hooper. Uh, we like Cameron Braid on the other side of the ball, too, for the Buccaneers. Look, um, I like Braid if O.J. Howard doesn't play. If O.J. Howard plays, I don't really like either of them, right? And that's a DFS thing, too, because Braid is so lowly priced. But, um, you know, the other big elephant in the room is the running back. Should you, you know, you play Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones, you know, if you have them for seasonal, go ahead. It doesn't hurt you to take a stab on either of these guys. But again, here's the prevailing thought for most people. Ronald Jones has had some struggles, but this is the juiciest matchup. This team drafted him highly to come in and, you know, be this back that they want him to be. And this is a great opportunity to, to you know, he's had a chance to sit back down, reevaluate, take a look at things. Now you reassert him here, right? Like this is all what they're thinking. You know, coming off buys and all that stuff. I get it. All that makes sense. Um, but there are other people that says Peyton Barber's been a little bit more productive. Look, I think you can take a stab with either one of them for GPP purposes. You certainly can too. Um, it's not without its, you know, gamble to say which one over the other. But we can't deny that the Falcons give it up to the running back in the pass catching, you know, scenario. So me personally, I guess I'll lean a little bit more towards Barber. But both decent picks this week reload all right our next game is the Steelers at the Bengals and I like this one too for points I I like Andy Dalton in this one he's gonna have to put those points up um he'll get it downfield okay I like I think you know he can throw the ball downfield they can have big plays but what's gonna happen is the Steelers will tighten up and and the Bengals will have to try to stay balanced so I think on the goal line mixing can get touchdowns right I think that's how he can kind of get in but it's not to say that he's running up and down the field on the Steelers um I think the Steelers will play to keep up they will play to keep up um I like Big Ben in this one uh we talked about this Bengals defense being ranked fourth against the run so you know for the Steelers just the easier way to attack again it's going to be through the air really like AJ Green really like John Ross in this one a lot of folks are talking up Tyler Boyd again and I think he will get some attention, um, which is why I like to pivot back to Ross. He's healthy. He's out there. Um, He can be dangerous, too, and I I like that this week. I want to say CJ Uzoma, guys, and I know the Steelers have been bad against the tight end, too, but he's got to show me first. He's had some juicy matchups before. I like the dude. I like his size. I think he's athletic. When Eifert was healthy, I saw him, you know, vulture him by making some good plays. But now we need to see it, okay? And this is a good matchup, but I can't recommend it until he shows me first. Um, I like Juju Smith-Schuster here in this game, too. He's 10th in the league in targets right now. That's why I love him, especially for DFS this week, too. We talk about taking, you know, these underappreciated targets in these overvalued games. That's why I like Ross. That's why I like Juju, right? 
Uh, we love these guys. Um, and that's a lot of targets for him to be, you know, just kind of talked about a little bit. Um, and then Antonio Brown talked about preferring him uh, earlier in the Would You Rather segment over Julio. Um, again, Brown, I think, has got to be a part of the game plan if Big Ben's going to be tossing it. Reload. Our next game is the Chargers at the Browns. I'm so much lower on the Browns defense and the Browns in general than I think most people are. Most people have already written them into the playoffs, and I, you know, and this is definitely taking on a life of its own after beating the Ravens. But I've seen the Ravens game, I've seen the Raiders game, I watched the tape, and they let this Raiders team move up and down the field on them defensively. I, I watched the Ravens continually find players in the soft coverage in the middle of the field. Yes, the Browns were getting a, a pass rush. Yes, they were doing that. Yes, they were stuffing the run. Um, yes, on the back end, they were getting good coverage. But in the middle of the field, there was this whole section when I watched both games that if the quarterback's good enough, he's going to be able to exploit. Derek Carr was able to exploit that. Flacco, not a good quarterback. He was not able to exploit that a lot. But when he was, it was to guys like Willie Sneed. This is why we saw Willie Sneed last week have a little bit of success, you know, catching those under routes and running a little bit. Just take a look at what's going on there. I think Phillip Rivers is going to have a good day. I like him. I like his ability to expose this. And this is why I like Tyrell Williams. Mike Williams will play the other outside. Um, I'm not so sure how much success he'll have. I think Keenan Allen can kind of get loose, but I really like Tyrell Williams, I think, too. But Phillip Rivers, guys, I love Melvin Gordon. The Browns are not going to be able to stop the run. They're not going to be able to stop the run. Uh, Melvin Gordon is dynamic, and I think that he's going to have himself a good day. He's worth it on DraftKings. And this Chargers defense, I think, um, is going to be underrated this week. Look, they're getting healthier. Hopefully they can force some mistakes with Mayfield. But um, the Chargers have had worse play, as I mentioned earlier, on the outside from their corners, Casey Hayward and Trent Williams, than they do in the slot. So I think they'll be okay against Jarvis Landry. And for what it's worth, the, the Browns receivers are banged up, right? So they don't have a lot of options at that position. This is why I do like on the other side for, the, for Cleveland, I like Njoku and Duke Johnson to make some play, plays this week in the catching game because they have no choice. They have no choice. I'm not going to these other no-name receivers. Um, Duke Johnson can catch. We've seen them use him like this before. I think they can push him out wide in the slot. They can put him on motion coming out of the backfield. I think you have to do that this week. I think Njoku has to step up and be a man and make those catches. But those are the guys I like, and I do think the, that the Chargers win this game. Reload. Okay, our next game is the Seahawks at the Raiders. And Russ Wilson continues to be undervalued, but he continues to get it done, you know, more often than not. And look, the Raiders are a terrible team defensively. Again, you look at the tape. This is another team to where I'm looking at the coverage, and it's not even that the coaches are calling bad coverage plays and putting the players in a bad spot. The Raiders just don't have good plays that could cover. They're like in the vicinity, but they cannot close in and make the play. Does that make sense? So like you watch a team, then they'll just march up and down on the Raiders. Like, yes, the Raiders corners are near them. Yes, the linebackers are near them, but they can't close in to deflect the pass or to make it incomplete or to intercept the ball. So teams just march them up and down. That's what happens. That's the reality of it. That is a terrible omen if you're playing Russ Wilson, who... It's going to abuse these guys. I like Tyler Lockett. 
Um, I really like his emergencies coming on as Doug Baldwin's been on the men, but I like Doug Baldwin too because, as I said, Russ Wilson's going to be able to find these guys. They are not going to be able to, to stop them. They're going to let them march up and down the field. The Seahawks will take what they'll give them. The Raiders will try to keep it in front of them, and they will move them. I like Chris Carson and Mike Davis, guys. Uh, I can't deny what they've been doing, but again, I like them as a combo, combo of production but not enough to select one or the other, right? Um, for seasonal, sure, go for it if you're up against the wall and you need somebody. But for daily, you know, we need to hit home runs everywhere. So I can't really recommend that. You guys can have that. I love Marshawn Lynch, right? Um, this dude, look, we talked about last week, or, or excuse me, two weeks ago, we talked about liking him against the Browns because I didn't think that they were wanting to tackle him. I thought they'd be scared to. I said he's a bully. He's a gangster with the football. He, he, he initiates the violence. I'll keep saying it so people keep getting it. And he's been productive on the ground quietly. People don't like it or want to admit it because it's the Raiders and they're not winning and it's not sexy and those are ugly games to watch, but the proof is in the pudding. First of all, Marshawn Lynch is 275 yards after contact this year. That's 83.1% of his total rushing yards, okay? Um, so that means literally a majority, and he's, he's you know, on the high end of rushing yards this, this season. The majority of what he's getting is after contact, which means, again, I don't care if your guys are going to get to him. What are you going to do when you get there? And you have to have a surefire team that's willing to make tackles. He's going to challenge you. He has 21 forced missed tackles this year. That's second in the league. If you're into this sort of thing, there's the maybe the revenge factor, you know, playing the Seahawks or whatever. This one will be in Oakland. Maybe there's a you know emotional narrative for him. I'd like it more if it was in Seattle. But hey, maybe that's your thing too. It just adds to what I think, uh, which is a good matchup for him. I really, really, really cannot stress this enough. I like Marshawn Lynch a lot. I think it's going to be physical, physical. Um, the Seattle defense, um, they give up, uh, what is it? Uh, the opponent's yards per rush attempt this year is at four for them. It's like four point something. That's a lot, right? Listen to what I just said. The, the opponent's yard per rush attempts this year is over four, right? Um, last week they gave up 5.4 yards per rush attempts. They're a sieve on the ground right now. So let's put let's do the math, guys. If you guys are giving up a lot of, you know, yards per rush attempt, and we're dealing with this guy who's a beast mode, who also is incredibly proficient at yards after contact, right? Like I'm telling you, it's going to be a long day. And if Gruden, you know, the way he likes to coach, guys, he's this old school mentality. All their plays are old school. This is why teams can stop them because you kind of know it's coming they don't surprise you with anything um you just march them up the field and I think that's what Gruden's gonna do he's gonna let Marshawn have his reload all right our next game is the Bears at Dolphins oh my two lowly teams you guys have no idea how my stomach turns when my two teams face each other and oh there's so many correlations between these two teams I hate it I hate it between swapping players and coaches and all this stuff I, we can go back to Wanstead leaving the Bears and going right over to the Dolphins I've been living in this nightmare especially when they play each other it's not like I want one or the other for the record I want to hold my breath but I'll be watching I'll have some apparel on for each team I'll be looking like a deranged person out here on the west coast but um 
look, the Bear, I'd love to say the Dolphins can pull this one off and take advantage of home field advantage, but ooh, it their weak suits are the Bears' strong suits. It's not a good matchup for them. This Bears defense, I you know the the Dolphins have a six point two percent turnover worthy play percentage. That means that percentage of the time they are you know running a play that's turnover worthy. That's a lot in the NFL. Tannehill, you know, he, this is 36 among qualified QBs. You know, he makes bad decisions. You know, he makes bad decisions, and it's not even under duress. We've been talking about this going back to the Patriots matchup. The way to get him is to sit back and to force him to make a bad mistake. It's not when you put pressure on. He's really good when you put pressure on. It's when you sit back and force him to look at what's happening out there and read and react. He just can't seem to do it and you know we saw what the Patriots did and then the Bengals just played this dude like a fiddle the Dolphins were up late and then two defensive scores in the fourth quarter late come on my stomach was turning as a Dolphins fan that means they played him like a fiddle guys you you just you do what you want to all game you rush you rush you rush and then you just drop back and you force him to make those mistakes they played him like a fiddle they knew what they had to do and ooh, it just was painful to watch but you think about that, and you and you have to like where this Bears defense is going. Um, some other things we could say about that, like the Bear, like the Bears, they don't blitz a lot. Like here's more proof to that pudding, right? Like let's get more scientific with it. The Bears don't. Um, the Bears don't. They have the lowest blitz rate in the NFL by over three percent. They only blitz sixteen point eight percent of the time. Remember what we just said about Tannehill. This is 13% below the league average. So they're not going. Like, because they have Khalil Mack, obviously, right? So they're not sending a whole bunch of people. They're blitzing with their four guys up front, okay? This is why I say this is not a great matchup for the Dolphins. This is a great matchup for the Bears defense. For the Dolphins defense, this is a good matchup too, though. It's going to be a tough day for Trubisky. The Fins are the third... Low, they have the third lowest passer rating and coverage allowed. I mean, this is not going to be an easy walk through the park. The Bears are on the road. It's going to be a tougher game than people like to think. They're going to have to run with Jordan Howard. We talked about this earlier. We like him. They're going to have to use Trey Burton. Um, the Dolphins have been more stout against the tight end, but they're going to have to do something. And I think Trey Burton uh, is going to have to step up to help his quarterback out. The Bears' O-line has allowed only 19 pressures. And that's, I know they have had a bye week, so that's through week four in the NFL, but that's the fewest. So I think a part of this will be, you know, Mitch Trubisky getting rid of the ball quickly, right? This is why he hasn't been pressured, I think. Hence Burton, and I like Tariq Cohen. Um, he's going to have to dump down. This I like both of these running backs this week. He's going to have to get rid of it quickly. And Cohen's going to be one way that he can do that. Um... Yeah, we talked about how the Patriots show how to dismantle the Dolphins, and then the Bengals use it to a T. So, yeah, take from what you will with that, but low-scoring affair. Reload. All right, our next game is the Cardinals at the Vikings, and Dalvin Cook, we talked about this, right? Why he has all the reason in the world to excel right here, because he's going up against the league's worst-rated rushing defense. Uh, So he's got to produce, and I will go ahead and recommend him. The Vikings defense, though, I think they turn things around right here. This is a good get-rich game for them. So they have, to, they have to make a stand here. You can't let Josh Rosen, you know, have a good game. I think they make a stand. I like David Johnson this week, though. He's going to get his. 
I told you guys he's going to get his. Patrick Peterson will probably see Stefan Diggs most of the afternoon. He's going to shadow him. So I like Thielen, who's going to be in the slot. I really like him. Not so much Diggs this week. I know Larry Fitzgerald has this whole coming back uh, narrative to Minnesota. You know, he's, you know, he's from there. and He's going to have a lot of family or whatever there. I'm not buying it, man. But what I do think is that he may draw a lot of attention and open up some space for Christian Kirk. That I will buy. I'm not buying Ricky Seals-Jones or Kyle Rudolph. They will be pedestrian. Every week, they're pedestrian. I'm tired of waiting for them to do something special. And they and they both, you know, it's just pedestrian. So, and they, it's not even their own fault, but there's just not enough attention there in these offenses, so we can't recommend it. Reload. All right, our next game is the Colts at the Jets. Andrew Luck, man. I, I'm going to stick with what works. I like Andrew Luck. Uh, he leads the NFL in passing attempts, 245. That's 18 more than Flacco. So we know he's going to sling it. Love Chester Rogers. Mentioned him earlier. Uh, this guy is going to get the chance. He gets a lot of looks. I think he saw 11 targets last week with Hilton out. I mean, what's not to like about that? And Luck's going to get it to him. He's a precision passer. He's finding a way to get it open to these guys. I love Eric Ebron, too. I know the Jets are really stout against the tight end, but this is all about Luck, man. He's very, very masterful. And... So the game boils down to, you know, Luck versus the Jets defense. That's the that's this whole football game right here. And I'll, I'll take my chances with Luck right there. Um, as I mentioned, Naheem Hines in the slot. We really like him. Even with Mac out there, right, doing the running thing. And I don't like the running game. It's going to take him a while to get going. I like the Jets. They're stout. I think they'll be stout against the run this week. But I like Naheem Hines being used in the slot. The Coast defense, I think, can't. They'll have a chance to play well this week. I do like Quincy Inunua. He's He's been the blanket. He's been the blanket for Sam Darnold. So I think that the Colts defense will put some pressure on Darnold. And Inunua will ben, be the beneficiary of this coming from the slot. I also like, um, you know, I'm not high on Crowell this week. He's also been banged up. But I just like, I like Powell. I like Powell. Um, I think that, you know, catching the passes. I like more of what he offers. His versatility this week. The game script. I believe will be in his favor more. I know a lot of people are going to be high on Crowell, but another big call for me is I really like Powell more this week. Um, And this game was also just going to come down to the health of Tremaine Johnson and Buster Screen. Those corners on the outside, they're banged up uh, for the Jets. If they don't play, Andrew Luck's going to have a field day. If they do play, um, but they're banged up, you know, it's still, I think he can still exploit this. So it would be very interesting to see what happens on that side of the football, but I'm definitely taking luck. Reload. Uh, All right, our next game is the Panthers at the Redskins. And the Redskins, look, the Redskins wide receivers. These guys have, they're averaging 2.68 yards per route one. That's 30th in the NFL. They've got to do something to open it up in Washington. I'm down on them. I don't think that they're going to be able to against the Panthers. I don't think the Panthers are incredibly tough defense, but tough enough to where they're going to keep them stifled. I It has to be Jordan Reed. Alex Smith has to do something. It has to be Jordan Reed. It has to be Chris Thompson. I really like those two guys on the other side of the ball, like Cam Newton. I like Chris McCaffrey. He's going to get his either way, running, pass catching. I love just the attention he gets. He's the, he's the single back for them, so we love it, and I'll take him. And then I do like Samuels for the um, Panthers, too. Um, I, you know, you could go back to Funches if you want to. I don't know. I just think that Cam finds Samuels. It's not, I don't care about Olsen playing. I, 
too many times he'll like you know play and then you re-injure himself in the game he comes back or whatever just whatever they could draw their attention to him if they want to I'm gonna take Samuels right here reload all right our next game is the Bills at the Texans and look this we talked a little about this earlier but in this game most likely Hopkins will uh, be shadowed by Tredavious White who hasn't played poorly but um, you know when they do ask Tredavious White to shadow he typically doesn't follow or travel to the slot with the guy that he's shadowing so when they move that receiver in motion inside Tredavious White stays outside he doesn't go in there with him right so I think Hopkins can this is how he'll still get his you know by this movement but it's not going to be likely in that one-on-one matchup on the outside White is a bum ankle, um, so we can take a look at that. You know, there's another reason why I think Hopkins can he'll hold his own this week. But Will Fuller, if Tredavious White is preoccupied with Hopkins, like Fuller, talked about him a little earlier, and I really like Deshaun Watson. Week in and week out, he's getting it done. They they they're shown that they're gonna let him sling it towards the end zone, and he's shown that he doesn't care about doing it. So I like him. Um, the Bills' run game is actually pretty good. Um, you know, with LaShawn McCoy, when there's like eight in the box, as odd as it is this year, but not so much when there's like seven or less defenders in the box. So you talk about the box, that's like that, you know, within the tackles frame. If you think about like how the offense, the offensive line and the defensive line line up in front of one another, you know, that's the tackle frame. And so the box is, you know, how many defenders do you have in the box right there? Typically for run defense, run offenses, it's not a good sign when you see eight defenders in the box. That means they're stacking against the run, right? A lot of teams will want to play action and go to the pass or just audible out into the pass, things like that. Um, but, you know, what's been weird for the Bills is they've been really, really, really good when there's been eight defenders in the box and they've not been good when there's not. So if I'm the Texans, you know, this is to this game, it's all about how they handle this. If I'm them, just... You know, I don't stack the box. Um, you know, I just let them, you know, I take my front four with Watt, who's really coming on and having a good season. I just take my chances with them, right? And this is how I end up beating the Bills. So I really like the Texans in this one. Reload. Okay, our next game is the Rams at the Broncos. And I love Jared Goff in this one. He's been getting it done week in and week out. I don't see why. This week, he wouldn't. The Broncos are not the same defense we're used to them being. I'm not worried about them this week. I also like Gurley because everything revolves around Gurley. He's either going to get a goal line touchdown or he's going to catch passes or he'll straight up just run the ball. But McVay is committed to doing it around him, and I like that. Uh, so I like him again this week. And then I, you know, I like Cortland Sutton to, to try to reemerge again. We've seen him have flashes this season, and look. Here's what's going on. I know Demarius Thomas has been Keenum's preferred target, especially, you know, when times are tough. But, you know, if Sutton can come on, this is going to force attention back to the outside, right? Which is going to open up things for Emmanuel Sanders. So I really think that if Sutton can come on, then so can Sanders, right? Um, and, and it benefits them and less so much Demarius Thomas. Uh, the Rams defense, I think it's going to start to play better. Hopefully they're getting on the mend. But um, we're getting into the season now. Everybody should be in shape. We're getting acclimated. And they're going to be what they're going to be. And at this point, I think this is a game for them against the suspect Broncos team to tighten up a little bit. Possibly get a turnover, pick six, maybe two picks in this game. 
Uh, maybe they return one for a touchdown, but I like the Rams. Reload. Okay, our next game is the Jaguars at the Broncos. And interesting game here. Very low scoring in my opinion, okay? Leighton Vander Esch has been filling in nicely for Sean Lee. This is what they won't tell you. So people are still saying what we were saying a few weeks ago where it's like, oh, the Cowboys don't have Sean Lee, right? They don't have Sean Lee. So TJ Bolden is going to run all over him. I'm going to make a bold call, Tiger Bombers, for you right here on our show. And I'm going to say fade Yeldon this week. I'm fading him. Uh, and I just live and die with that. I'm fading him in DraftKings. I'm fading him. Of course, if you have him a seasonal, you can go ahead and play him. That's a different scenario. But that's my bold call because Vander Esch has been doing a nice job. I do like the Jaguars defense. The Cowboys are in for a tough day. But I think Zeke will get his. This was my other, you know, tough call to some degree. He's going to, they're, you know, Dallas is going to keep, the Dallas defense will keep their team in this one. I like their chances. And I think Zeke can rack up his yardage somehow in this game. Reload. All right, next is the Ravens at the Titans. And uh, this should be a really low-scoring game. I like both of these defenses, the Ravens and the Titans. Take your pick. I love both these defenses, fantasy purposes, too. But um, I don't know. They, both these offenses are going to have to work hard to get something going. I like Deion Lewis. Maybe they can try to get some passes out of the backfield, some screens or something. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think maybe Flacco can look to Willie Sneed to open things up because his primary targets are going to be pretty covered, I believe. Uh, maybe he looks to Buck Allen. You guys know that we've talked about them using him in the slot, especially on the goal line and stuff like that. Uh, he's a good uh, pass blocking receiver as well out of the backfield. So maybe that. I'm not going in on Corey Davis. I know people are talking about his emergence. I'm over it. You know, you've just been burned by somebody so many times that you just don't ever want to go there again. This is me with him. Like, you can count me out forever. I don't want to have any parts in that. I'm good on that reload all right our next contest uh is gonna be a a fancy one man the the sunday night the chiefs at the patriots and this is gonna be a shootout there's gonna be points i think i love tom brady in this one i also love pat mahomes i you know i've been underestimating him i do think brady wins this one um but i i guess what i won't do is underestimate mahomes i'll just say that they lose but i don't think that uh, he plays poorly. I just don't think that they go undefeated. I do not think that Andy Reid will outcoach Belichick. Um, Belichick was outdone by against somebody that was, you know, privately in his staff for several seasons. Don't look more into that. We talked about the demise of Brady being talked about too soon. Now, lo and behold, he comes back. Nobody's talking about how weeks ago they were. Oh, he's too old and this and that. I don't want to hear that. So. We've been right on about the Patriots, haven't been so right on about, you know, the Chiefs continuing to just blaze ahead like this, but I'm going to give them credit where credit is due, but my bold call will be that the Patriots win this one, Belichick finds a way, but a lot of points, both quarterbacks I like, I like Sony Michelle this week, Patriots try to keep it balanced with running the ball, and I think that they will be able to for sure. I like Gronk this week as well. This is a Gronk game. There's going to be a lot of tension for him. So I like that. And then, um, you know, James White as well, even though I like Sonny Michelle, I like White as a receiver. Okay. Um, on the other side of things, for Mahomes, I do like Kelsey this week. And we mentioned Hunt. I like him as well. There should be a lot of points to go around and then a very, very fun one on Sunday night. I love that game. 
reload for our final shot guys the monday night game the 49ers at the packers i love the packers defense in this one i think the 49ers are it's trouble for them it's it's a trap game here the packers defense i think will play to some weaknesses the 49ers have i like aaron Rodgers. Brita, if he plays i like him so much of what they do as a club now has to run through him because he's pretty dynamic as a pass catcher as a runner you just see him out there. You'll see he's pretty smooth. Um, but with Rodgers, I like Devontae Adams. The, the, the Niners, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop him. Um, I like Jimmy Graham as well. Uh, I also like the you know uh, Kyle Uchek because I do think that while the 49ers are in for trouble, they're going to be playing catch-up, obviously. They're gonna, it's it's going to amount to pass yards, right? So I can't recommend Bether because I think that he will turn the ball over. There may even be a pick six, so I don't want to recommend him. But I like Nuchek, um, the fullback. I like Kittle, too, the tight end. These guys are part of the pass game, okay? So if you are really, really, really hurting at running back and there's nobody out there uh, on your waiver wire, maybe look at Nuchek. I like him. Uh, you could slide him in there as your running back in the fullback position. But this is for pass catching purposes. I really like those guys. And that was our final shot. So that is it. We are all out of shots. But that was the reload segment for week six. And hopefully we nailed it for you guys. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks. We'll give you GPP picks. And we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, Tight ends, defense. Let's go. Okay, finally, Tiger Bombers. On this week's episode, we have our DraftKings DFS main slate week six picks for you. And, you know, keep in mind what the spirit of this is. It's not take my picks and go build a team. That is the cheapest crap I ever heard of. First of all, that's not going to help you. First of all, if you understand ownership now, and you understand being different as the mechanism of win, how could you have that get-rich-quick scheme and then think that the same thing is going to work for both of us? It just doesn't work. Like, stop thinking about that. Here's how you think about it. You should be obviously coming up with your own builds and schemes as well. And, of course, a lot of your information I can lend you. Uh, but what you want to do is kind of plug in my suggestions where you aren't sure of where you might be right or where you may you know have a salary left over and it's like oh i have a guy at this price point or oh i know this week i want to go high end wide receivers low end running backs and build around that so you know look at the price points and really use what i give you to plug like don't take everything that i give you and plug it all into one thing that's like not what this is about all right so let's take a look at what we have for this week um for quarterback Let's keep it simple. Matt Ryan's on the high end, $6,800. I know he's the highest rated on DraftKings, um, most expensive quarterback, rather. But go for it, man. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't. I'm not going to overthink that matchup. And then also kind of on the high end, I like Andrew Luck at 6200 A lot of people are not going to be focused on him, but I've given you reasons this week to consider why he's a top-end quarterback and he's going to get the matchup done. Maybe more of a GPP thing, whereas the Matt Ryan is cash. But I also like Russell Wilson. Um, if you want to pivot there for cash on the low end, that's $5,700. And you can go to him too. 
I like him as an alternate to Jameis Winston at $5,800. Everybody's going to be there. And we gave you a lot of reasons to like Russell Wilson this week. So those are the guys that I'm going to try to stick to at quarterback on DraftKings. All right, moving on to running back. Look, I cannot stress that there are so many options. And so maybe what you want to do is, as I said, pair one of your choices with one of my choices. Like if you have a high-end guy, you're looking for a low-end guy to pair him with, boom, take my suggestion or, you know, vice versa. But, you know, there's just so many and I cannot list 12 guys. I cannot list six, you know, 18 guys for you guys. I can't list seven guys. So we'll boil it down to say this. I really like Christian McCaffrey this week at 8,300. I also really like Melvin Gordon this week at 8,200. And then at $6,100, I really like Chris Thompson. Nice, um, hopefully a GPP flyer there. I don't know how many people will be on that. Um, and I love Marshawn Lynch. Gave you a lot of reasons to like him at $5,300. I love that. If you want to go a little lower, we talked him up a little bit earlier. Tariq Cohen. Love him at $4,600. Great salary saver. I think with the Dolphins' stout passing defense, he's gonna, they're going to need his services. And then Bilal Powell talked him up too for for similar reasons earlier, $4,500. So I like those guys if you need to save at the bottom. Um, but there there's a ton, ton of choices down there. I'm not going to blame you guys for going to some of those other guys. I hear you folks there telling me about Lindsay at the bottom and things like that. $3,800. I'm not going to blame you, but the, these are the guys that I think can complement what you're already considering. Um, at the wide receiver position, at $7,500, I really like Keenan Allen this week. There's a lot of value right there. And then again, I like Juju Smith-Schuster at $7,300. If you slide down just a little bit more in that mid-range, I like Calvin Ridley at $6,300. And then there's Deshaun Jackson at $5,900. And right, this is like what we talked about. Take some of those maybe lesser-owned parts of that those games. We know these games are going to blow up. I don't have Washington for the Steelers mentioned in here, but just another guy to think of for GPP flyers. We talked about the nature of what a GPP winning contest could look like and the type of flyers you have to take on that. You know, but for cash games, you want to consider like a Calvin Ridley. Um, but again, Deshaun Jackson, $5,900. Really like John Brown at $5,500. That's one of the only things I think that Flacco's going to be able to do is try to go over the top of this Titans defense this week and maybe try to burn him deep there once. Really like John Brown. Love Doug Baldwin. If you're going to play um, you know, uh, Russ Wilson this week, you can pair him. I love Doug Baldwin at $5,500. Pairing those two together leaves a lot of salary left over. You can pay up at other positions. Um, and I like John Ross at $3,400. Again, getting exposure to this Pittsburgh and um, uh, Bengals game by grabbing some of the maybe lesser owned guys. I really like John Ross at this 3,400 price point. That's a good GPP flyer this week to separate yourself. All right, then moving on the tight end, we discussed Njoku earlier. So at $3,800, I like him. And then, you know, it's going to be super chalky, but look, great at $3,700, Cameron Bray. As long as there's no OJ Howard, go ahead. I bless it. Go ahead and you know, play him if you like. Um, but I prefer Njoku for GPP purposes. And then Hooper, if you want one more cash game option that's on the high end, that's $3,500. On the low end for a GPP flyer, you could take Yazoma at $3,000, huge salary saver. And I also like Nick Vanette at $2,900. We talked about the troubles in Oakland of stopping anybody from doing anything. At $2,900, pairing him with Russ Wilson, Maybe even Doug Baldwin, too. Not bad. You got yourself a nice little, you know, GPP stack there that ultimately could yield high results. But remember, 
You do not stack with the cash games. All right. Finally, for defense, on the high end, the Jaguars, $3,600. I really like them this week. They could force a turnover, maybe even score points. It's worth it at the $3,600 if they're going to give us double-digit fantasy points back because this is how you blow up the slate. Three and a half X return. I want three and a half X return, right? So if, you know, the Jaguars are, you know, yielding, you know, let's say $3,600. Let's say they were $3,000, right? We want three and a, three and a half X return. That means that we want to get, you know, nine, 10, you know, 11 and a half points from them or whatever the case may be. So if they're getting you double digit points, they're yielding that, right? If they're getting you 13, 14 points, doesn't sound like a lot of points, but that means they're going 3X, 4X, 5X based off the price. So that's good. That's what you want right there. I like the Jaguars, even though they're a little higher. People always think to spin down, but they're worth it there. I also like the Bears, $3,300. The things that Tannehill does worse are the things that the Bears defend against best. It might get ugly if he can't hold on to the football. $3,300 is a bargain for them this week. And then in the same game, the Ravens at $2,800 and the Titans at $2,700. I think they're both bargains for a game that I think is going to be you know, field goal battle, if you ask me. Um, I know there's a lot of other choices, but again, I want to keep it dwindled down for you guys. We're going to make a stand here. We're not going to recommend the whole slate to you and then puff our chest out on the rewind show and say, yeah, we made right picks. No, we're going to talk specifically about who and why and then come to the carpet later on. So that's it. Those are our DFS picks for the week for you guys. Good luck setting those lineups. So that's it. Hopefully you're feeling ready for this week's NFL Action Tiger Bombers. Y'all, don't forget, you can find us all over the place. We're on Facebook. Check, check out our process page. We link all the podcasts there for you too. Hit us up on Twitter on Sundays. Let's hash it out. At the process, TBSAE. Let me know how your lineup is looking. If you want to check out our weekly rankings or game predictions, Head over to www.tigerbombsae.com and click on the process page to check that out. You can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and virtually everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And guys, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Fast forward. If you only want to hear the DFS stuff, go ahead. Fast forward through the... I don't care. I We're here to give you the information that you guys want to listen to. So if you want to hear just the would you rather and... The rest of it's like, oh, God, I hate the way Ralph sounds. Then go fast forward and get your would you rather on and slide on out. All right. That's what we got for you for week six, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Now go set some lineups. We're out of here. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.